Hello, welcome to River Road Presbyterian Church. This podcast is an audio-only version of Pastor Ray Roberts' weekly sermon. Whether you missed worshiping with us this week, dozed off during the sermon, or are just checking us out for the first time, we welcome you to our River Road family. For those of you who may be new, we would love to have you visit with us. We have two worship services each Sunday, a 9 a.m. informal service and an 11 a.m. traditional worship service that is also live-streamed. You can find that stream, recordings of past services, and learn more about our church and the many ways for you to connect with us at rrpcusa.org. We hope to see you soon. Today's scripture is part of a larger speech that Jesus gives his disciples that he's sending out on a missionary journey. If you recall last week, if you were here last week, uh, we talked about the speech he gives before he sends his disciples out uh, on the missionary journey. This is uh, this is from a longer discourse, longer speech uh, that comes after, you know, this is, he, he's sending them, I'm sending you, and then he, he tells them a bunch of stuff, and the stuff he tells them is really hard stuff, really hard stuff. It's, in fact, it, you might not even really find it very encouraging. He says, when you, I'm sending you out, and when you go out, uh, people are going to reject you, so don't get hung up on the negativity. Kick the dust off your feet keep moving then he says uh you may be taken to court and flogged you ready to go on that missionary journey now you want to come let's go on that missionary journey you may be taken to court and flogged your own families may betray you and when you're persecuted when you are persecuted because that's the certainty uh flee to the next town in greek the word is fugo like it's in fugitive flee you know, it's not exactly encouraging stuff. And then, uh, but it does suggest the challenge that the first audience that heard Matthew's gospel was going through. They, they, were, they were having a tough time of it. And, and this word of Jesus speaks to that. And uh, there's more tough stuff in today's lesson. We call these the hard sayings of Jesus. So here we go. You ready? Buckle up. A disciple is not above the teacher nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. In other words, when bad stuff happens to you, remember what they did to me. If they call the master of the house Beelzebul, how much will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them. For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing is secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. What you hear, whispered, whispered. Proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the Father. And even the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. May God bless this reading of Holy Scripture. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us pray. Lord, may the same Spirit that inspired the writing of these words inspire us as we hear these words to follow the one who is your living word, even Jesus the Christ. Amen. In The Revenge of the Sith. Any Star Wars fans here? Got some Star Wars fans? A few? A few. Um, any Trekkies? I, I could do a vote. Who's more of a Trekkie? Who's more Star Wars? In The Revenge of the Sith. Uh, the Jedi Council meets and identifies Anakin Skywalker as the Chosen One. And then, against the monastic rules of the Jedi, he secretly marries. And as the movie opens, we learn that his wife is pregnant, and Anakin is troubled by visions of his wife dying in childbirth. And at one point, Yoda battles for Anakin's soul. Yoda says, Full of fear, I sense you are. Fear, a great enemy of the Force it is. Is it fear for yourself or fear for another? Anakin replies, another. Yoda advises Anakin, Rid yourself of fear, you must. Detach yourself from the one you fear losing. But of course, he's married. He's attached. Anakin's married. He's attached. This is why the Jedi are monks, so they can remain undetached. Anakin's fear pushes him to the dark side because the dark side promises him power to preserve his wife's life. Jesus knows that fear can prevent us from following him. He knows this. That's why all this negative stuff in, this, in his discourse before he sends out his disciples. He knows that fear can make us think twice before we rock the boat or speak the truth or associate with the wrong people. Fear can keep us from showing love the way we need to. It can, it can lock us down. And so Jesus prepares us in this discourse to face the fear of following Jesus. That's what this is about. And he does this by continuing to name all the ways that things can go wrong. And there was a lot of stuff. You know, the servant is not above his master. They called me Beelzebub. What do you think they're going to call you? There goes your good name. Yeah, get used to it. And then Jesus says, you know, he, he returns to the fact that our families may be alienated from us by our faithfulness. He says, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's household. That is tough to hear. 
but you can't say you weren't warned. In fact, one of the things that I've learned as a pastor over the years is that in many different countries and cultures, following Jesus creates this, just this sort of division. Following Jesus is risky business. Now, Jesus tries to help us overcome our fear, and he does it by reframing it in the fear of God. He says, this is kind of long, but stick with me. So, have no fear of them. These are the people who are going to hurt you. Have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell on the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, I confess to you, this is, this is not the most persuasive argument for me because I think fear of punishment uh, as, as a motivator, is, it only gets you so far. You never have somebody who's wholeheartedly doing something just because they're afraid of punishment. But Jesus' point, I think, is well taken. We ought to trust that somehow that there is some justice in the afterlife. Things are known that are hidden. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody sees it for what it is. There is some justice. And we ought to be more concerned about what a just and loving God thinks than what people think. Jesus summarizes everything he says in this when he says, those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Jesus, you see, is asking his disciples whether they are willing to give their lives. And it is a fearful thing. It is a fearful thing. When I was thinking about becoming a Christian, I hung out in this little rural Baptist church in Missouri. Free will Baptist. It doesn't get more hard shell than that. And uh, Free Will Baptist Church. And uh, I was there because there was a girl that I was kind of interested in, and she was there. And so she'd go to church. Ray thought he'd go to church. And while he was there, the pastor, who was not a particularly sophisticated person, would invite us to give our lives to Jesus. And when I heard the invitation, I imagined what that would be like giving my life to Jesus. I suspected that it would be something that you do in one decision, kind of like what was happening at the end of the worship service. You know, make a decision. It's done. Done. Completed. Checked off. Here, Jesus, I give you my life. I will serve on the mission field. I will stand up to the dictators. And I imagined that, you know, giving your life for Jesus was like, you know, you're in front of a firing squad and the commandant comes over and says, one last time, Mr. Roberts, do you renounce Jesus? No. Bang! Jesus, I would get my life. And there might even be a plaque somewhere, you know. This is, this is where Ray Roberts gave his life for Jesus. In my young romantic imagination, this was heroic. It was heroic. Giving my life was a one-time thing. I imagined it was like ripping off a Band-Aid, you know? I mean, you pull it off quickly. It's painful, but it's done. And what I've learned, what I've learned is that giving 
our lives to Jesus is not like writing one big check. My life to Jesus. Sign on the chip, bottom line. Here you go, Jesus. That's not how we do it. We, we write thousands of checks every day. And some of them are for very small amounts. 21 cents. 57 cents. $1.45. I'll resist the temptation. I'll donate to the cause. I'll be the adult and let the insult go. I know what I want to say, but I won't. Such small gifts throughout our lives can leave someone who's got this young, overactive, romantic, heroic understanding of giving your life to Jesus kind of wondering, when am I ever going to do it? Am I ever going to do it? The whole thing, Jesus, it's yours. Instead, somebody comes along and says, we need a volunteer. And we say, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Jesus names our fear. Our fear is that we are going to lose it. Lose everything we love. The truth is, you and I will lose everything we love. Our health, our possessions, our position, our friends, our lives. We're going to lose all of it. And some of us are like Anakin Skywalker. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing for me to give my life, but my kids, I'm invested in them. I love them. And yet here we are in the month of June, which is the month of marriages and graduations. And the truth is, if everything goes as well as it ever could be, they're going to grow up, move on, as we say. I've known parents so afraid of losing their kids they end up crippling them. I've known that. I've seen it. Can't let them, can't let them do anything. They're so afraid. Yoda tells Anakin Skywalker, detach yourself from what you fear losing. And this is the advice of most religions. Stoicism. You know, it counts as a philosophy, but when Christianity came along, all the early Christians said, we're a philosophy too. Stoicism is a great philosophy. Epictetus, one of the great Stoic writers, says that we won't do our duty unless we are detached from people and things that we love. You won't do what's right. You'll, you'll, you'll be too protective. You won't do what's called for and fitting in the moment. The meditations of Marcus Aurelius are basically a guided reflection on letting go of all the good things in your life. I mean, at one point he says, what is a stake anyway? And when I think of a stake, I think of, I don't know, uh, what is that place on, on Patterson? Uh, the, 
Buckheads, you know. I've never been there, but uh, I understand it's really quite good. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's a steak is a beautiful thing, and it's, it's glorious. But what does Marcus Aurelius says? What is a steak anyway? It's flesh in the early stages of putrefaction. That'll get your appetite going. But what he's, what he, the meditations are designed to help you to let go so that you can do what needs to be done and you can lose and t- bear the cost and not worry about it. Detachment. Buddhism teaches the four noble truths as a path to detach yourself from people and things. That, you know, there is suffering. That's the first noble truth. Second suffering. Uh, all suffering comes from attachment to things. And what is the third one is detach yourself anyway. Not getting those as clearly as I could right now. Detachment. There's an element of that in today's scripture. Jesus tells us that if we're going to follow him, we have to let go of our reputation. You know, they called me Beelzebub. Just wait till you hear what they're going to call you. Our family, we may lose your family, our lives. He's inviting us to let go. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Detach yourself. But Jesus also offers us something better. It's not just letting go. He's, he's trying to give us something. And I don't know if you picked up on it. it. Jesus says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not. You are worth more than many sparrows. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? He's inviting you to manage your fear by trusting God's goodness and provision for you. There is nothing in life or in death that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. You are God's. God claims you. You belong to God. You matter more than many sparrows. And so do the people you love and so do the things that matter to you. Fear not. Jesus also makes another promise. A grand promise. At the very end. He says, those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it will find it. Jesus is trying to give you a life. And this is a life that is a full life. It is a meaningful life aligned with the creator and redeemer of the universe. It is a life of service to others. It is a life lived without fear, knowing and trusting that God has got this. God has got you. It is life lived in the security of God's purpose. It is a life knowing that your life matters. And sometimes we can wake up and say, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. Nobody thinks about me. But your life counts to God and to others. This is the true life that Jesus wants to give to you. The alternative of not giving Jesus your life is that you will walk around the rest of your life 
bare-knuckled, white knuckles, holding on to life, afraid that you will lose the things you love, terrified of it, because you know that you are going to lose the things you're going to love. And that's not a great life. That is not a way to live. It's hardly living at all, living in such fear. A friend of mine tells a story about a couple he was counseling. In the course of the counseling, he discovered that the husband-to-be was really possessive of his fiancée. He always wanted to know where she was. Did you get home safely? What are you up to right now? Just calling to check in. And it, 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 he came across as more than a little controlling. In the course of the conversation, the young man shared how his mother died when he was very young. And in a flash of recognition, he said, I am terrified of losing her. My friend, who's a pastor, said, I had to tell him the truth. I told him someday you are very likely to lose her. Why don't you give her to God now? Say, God, I trust her to your eternal care. And then, instead of living in fear, you can thank God and be grateful every day for each additional day. Those who find their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is Jesus' promise. A life that has lived truly and fully and wholly to the glory of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, there are so many things that we're fearful of losing. And nothing that is precious is lost to you. Set us free from the fear that holds us back from being all you call us to be. That causes us to hold others back from being all that you call them to do and to be. Help us to truly live. We give you our life, Lord. All of it. So that we may receive your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.